Today on Building in Faith with Pastor Ed Jones. Building in Faith. See, he chose, he chose to obey God. He was righteous before God. The opinions of men is what he thinks. And God looks at the heart. God knows each of us. And our objective should be to be righteous in his sight. To do what's right before him. Not to please ourselves. Reaching up high with arms open wide we see. Changing our lives so we can be our heads and feet. The prophet Daniel was known throughout all of Babylon for his wisdom and faithfulness. Kings sought him out for advice and God used him to minister sound counsel and heavenly insight. Daniel was an upright man who worked diligently all his days. Pastor Ed teaches us that the way we live speaks much more loudly than what we say. Daniel was famous for his conduct in Babylon and his faithfulness to God is still talked about today. More importantly, because of Daniel, God's name was and continues to be honored. Now here's Pastor Ed with part one of today's message entitled, God Honors Faithfulness. It feels like it's almost impossible to be honest in politics. I mean, you just get hammered from every side. I think that's why the Bible tells us that we are to pray for our political leaders. John Baker III is 85 years old. He has served about 40 years in the political field. He served under Reagan. He served with both President Bushes. Uh, he, he serves now in political areas. And the man has an incredible record. He's the type of person that others seek out when they want wisdom and counsel. They want help and good decision-making. Daniel was like that. But Daniel didn't serve 40 years. He served 70 years in the government. I mean, that's an incredible history. And so he is someone that... Nebuchadnezzar sought out, other kings sought out, and now Cyrus Darius is seeking out, and he is promoted in both Babylon and then in the Medo-Persia Empire. He is someone that people simply trust. Faithfulness has a way of opening doors for you. And you could see that he was faithful in Every area of his life, he was faithful in his work area, he was faithful in his spiritual area, and he was faithful in the face of adversities. It just marked his life all through the journey. You see, his faithfulness is spoken about in verses 1 to 3. Be faithful in your responsibilities. It pleased Darius to appoint 120 satraps. Now, that's like governors. They were over different regions. So these satraps would rule throughout the kingdom, but then they had three administrators over them, 
one whom was Daniel. Now Daniel would outshine his contemporaries. The satraps were made accountable to them so that the king might not suffer loss. They needed accountability. They needed a system of checks and balances. And Daniel was real good at that. Now Daniel so distinguished himself among the administrators and the satraps by his exceptional qualities that the king planned to set him over the whole kingdom. How many of you know that when God blesses, the devil messes? Right? God lifts you up, the enemy wants to attack you. God promotes you, the enemy wants to defeat you. And, and here, Daniel's being lifted up, and suddenly as he's lifted up above others, they're envious. And they're going to try to undermine him. But the text talks about qualities that just sort of took him out of their range, at least in some areas. It says that Daniel was not corrupt. At this, the administrators and satraps tried to find grounds for charges against Daniel in his conduct of government affairs. But they were unable to do so. They could find no corruption in him because he was trustworthy and neither corrupt nor negligent. Society has just a way of influencing us unconsciously at times. We don't always realize we're, we're marching to the beat of the drum of the culture and we're soon taking on the attitudes, the outlooks. But Daniel didn't. He was thriving in Babylon in spite of the corrupt culture that he was a part of. Someone looked at the 100th Congress. And as they looked at the 100th Congress, U.S. Congress, they wanted to list the corruption in the 100th Congress. Here's a list of things that happened with that particular set and body of government officials. 29 arrested for spousal abuse. Seven convicted of fraud. 19 arrested for writing bad checks and 117 bankrupt two or more businesses. 14 arrested on drug charges, 8 arrested on shoplifting charges, 21 with lawsuits against them, 84 charged with driving while intoxicated. Well, they couldn't find any dirt on Daniel. There were no skeletons in this closet. I mean, he was an amazing Amazing man. He set the bar real high. Daniel was extraordinary. And God was using him in ways that he was a witness to those around him. The way you work, the way you live, the way you conduct yourself speaks more loudly than what we say. Something else. Not only was he not only had an incredible record. He wasn't corrupt, but Daniel was not negligent. The text again, it says, because he was trustworthy and neither corrupt nor negligent. I mean, how many? You forget a phone call. You forget an email. You should have done something. You just didn't do it. Something else came up, and it pushed it out of your mind. 
And you neglected some duties and responsibilities. Daniel's track record was impeccable. It was incredible. Here, this guy was so responsible. Now, it it does say something to us that we ought to strive. We ought to set Jesus as our example. And we ought to try to be like our Lord and Savior Jesus. He'll give us grace along the journey. And as we journey with other believers and other Christians, they'll help us to become the men and women that God wants us to be. Now, here... He's faithful in his responsibilities. And maybe that ought to be a prayer that we all pray in this year and then going into the new year. Lord, I want to be faithful. I want to be faithful. And you could see that that was one of Daniel's strengths. One of Daniel's strengths was this. He was faithful in his spirituality. Be faithful in your spirituality. Not only in his responsibilities, but in his spirituality. But When Daniel learned that the law had been signed, he went home, knelt down as usual. This law that was signed said that if anybody prayed to anybody but Darius, they were to be executed. 30 days. Nobody prays to any god except Darius as a mediator. Watch what he does. He's going to respond. He went home and he complained, right? He went home and he knelt down as usual in his upstairs room with his window open toward Jerusalem. He prayed three times a day, just as he had always done, giving thanks to his God. What an incredible man he was. This guy had a habit, a holy habit of prayer. I mean, imagine decade after decade after decade after decade after decade. This consistent prayer life. The Bible doesn't say we need to pray three times a day, but that's what Daniel did. That was his practice. He'd open his window. He'd face towards Jerusalem. He would remember what Solomon said. If ever the people of God were judged, you're, you're to pray towards Israel, pray towards Jerusalem, and God would send mercy and grace. Now, what were his prayers like? I know what my prayer would have been like at that moment. God, deliver me. These ungrateful people want to kill me. And I've been doing a good job. I mean, that would have... Here's Daniel's prayer in chapter 9. So I turned to the Lord God and pleaded with him in prayer and petition. and fasting and sackcloth and ashes, I prayed to the Lord my God and confessed, O Lord, great and awesome God, who keeps his covenant of love with all who love him and obey his commandments... We have sinned and done wrong. Wait a minute. What did we just say about Daniel? He wasn't corrupt. He wasn't negligent. Ah, he was still a sinner. And what does he pray? Repentance for himself and repentance for his people. Jesus said, blessed are those that mourn. It's not referring to funerals. It's referring to to those who recognize their spiritual poverty and their need for God and their need for repentance. And so they mourn, they weep over their condition, and they weep over the condition of their brethren, the family of God. Here he is. He says, we have been wicked. We have and have rebelled. 
We have turned away from your commands and laws. We have not listened to your servants, the prophets, who spoke in your name to our kings, our princes, and their fathers, to all the people of the land. See, repentance is a way of life. Someone sent me this quote this week. It's very good. Repentance is a lifestyle of being face-to-face with God. We are either walking in repentance or need to repent. When you come face to face with God, it humbles you. It breaks you. It helps you to come before him with a contrite heart. There Daniel is. This is a glimpse of how he prays. He's simply praying to God, seeking God. Now, he he is absolutely calm and collected. Now, when I read about the prayer life of some people in the scripture, I can get real discouraged. I was reading about Tim Keller. He's one of my favorite preachers. I like listening to preaching. And Tim Keller uh, preaches in New York City and He had an incredible experience. It was in 1999 and in 2000. He said, he began preaching and studying the Psalms. And as he began to study and preach on the Psalms, he began to realize how much more he needed to spend time in prayer. And he was convicted. And then his wife developed Crohn's disease. And she had a real flare-up with this Crohn's disease. And he said, at that time too, 9-11 happened and the whole city seemed to go in this clinical depression. And, and, And he experienced that and then he also himself developed thyroid cancer. All of it was a catalyst to help him turn to God. In fact, Tim Keller said for the first time, for the first time, I started praying with my wife every night on a regular basis. In fact, she brought it up to him. And so every night, they began praying. Maybe sometimes God uses difficulties, trials, to deepen our relationship with him. He, Daniel, had this incredible prayer life. You know, they they made studies of people as they get older. Do you know as you get older, you're more likely to spend time in prayer? Commit yourself to say, listen, I'm going to deepen my life in prayer. That's one of the things I'm going to ask for God. And then it says, he lived righteously before God. You could see he was a spiritual man and he lived righteously before God. He gives this testimony to King Darius. Because King Darius, they throw Daniel in a lion's den... And then they put a stone over that lion's den, and Darius can't sleep. He is so troubled because he loves this guy, Daniel, and he knew that it was his other officials that betrayed him and and, and set him up. There's a picture of Daniel, an artist's rendition, and he's just real peaceful. Lions are walking around, other lions are sitting around. He's, He's just real peaceful. And Daniel says in this text, in Uh, Verse number 22. Because I was found innocent in his sight, nor have I done any wrong before you, O king. See, he chose, he chose 
to obey God. He was righteous before God. The opinions of men is what he thinks. And God looks at the heart. God knows each of us. And our objective should be to be righteous in his sight. To do what's right before him. Not to please ourselves. Sometimes I think we go to the mirror of God's word and uh, we either spray it with some type of cream or it gets all fogged up and we think, oh, we look okay. But if you really look into the mirror of God's word, it cuts like a sword. It changes you. And you want to live righteous, not according to the world's standards, but according to God's standards. You order your steps. And so Daniel's going to do that. He's going to order his steps according to God's standard. So he's a righteous man. And I, I love what the king says because it's the testimony of this whole chapter. Very early the next morning, the king got up, hurried out of the lion's den. When he got there, he called out in anguish, Daniel, servant of the living God, was your God whom you serve so faithfully, able to rescue you from the lion's? And of course, he says, he did. He hears Daniel. He responds, live forever, king. And Daniel is rescued. I want you to see not only the fact that Daniel is faithful in his responsibilities. He is going to be a responsible person. He's not going to neglect his work. He's not going to be corrupted by the culture around him. He's faithful in his spirituality, his spiritual life. He, he's going to diligently pray and you've you got to keep, you got to develop that prayer life and partner up with someone, but pray and live righteously, not according to the world's standards, but God's standards. And then Daniel is faithful in the face of challenges, of adversities. You see, he's faithful. Then they told the king, that man, Daniel, one of the captives from Judah, is ignoring you and your law. He still prays to God. His three times a day. Now, I just want to camp on that for a, a moment. Sometimes the laws of the land are in conflict with the laws of heaven. Sometimes men are so out of harmony with God, and they make it the laws of the land. In Romans 13, it tells us to obey the government. In Acts chapter 5, Peter says it's better to obey God than man. How do you balance that out? Well, I think one of the ways is we should obey the laws of the land. Pay your taxes. Don't put a higher amount on your giving than you actually gave for a deduction. Be honest with your employer. Obey the laws of the land. Do what's right. But when the laws of the land conflict with the laws of God, you've got to obey God. You've got to listen to him. And so if the laws of the land contradicts the laws of God, you go with the laws of God. And if the laws of God command you to do something different than the laws of the land, you do what God tells you to do. We're in his kingdom, and we pray your kingdom come. Reign in us, Lord. 
reign in us. So this idea of Daniel simply obeying. You could see how the enemy will attack you. He's assailed by the agents of Satan, by Satan's agents. When the officials went together to Daniel's house, they found him praying. See, that they couldn't get him doing something wrong in terms of the government, but they could get him in doing something wrong in terms of now a new law on the books. Don't pray. Now, in... Daniel's earlier, or the early experience, rather, with Nebuchadnezzar, Nebuchadnezzar built a statue. Remember, he said, everybody worshipped that statue. Now, he was fine with if people went and worshipped Yahweh and worshipped the statue. But here, it's even more narrow. Darius is saying, if you pray. Now, he's not talking about public prayer, because I know in our land that the laws have changed. In Texas, I was reading something about one of the schools, how... Judge said, if you break the law and you pray at a school assembly, you're going to go to prison. Well, don't pray at that school assembly. I mean, you may disagree with me, but they're not telling you you can't pray at home. They're not telling you you can't pray in your heart. So follow the laws of the land, but it doesn't mean that, you know, you could go in school at any time and just pray. You don't have to pray out loud. How many know you could speak in tongues in your spirit? Right? So Daniel, he said he can't pray at all. He's not going to listen because he's going to open that window, pray toward Jerusalem, and he's going to see God because he's interested in obeying the laws of God. Now, I found this real interesting statement from John C. Lennox, and it was in the book Against the Flow. Uh, He said this. The new tolerance disapproves all absolutes except this one. You will be tolerant of everyone else's view. You must, however, be intolerant of intolerance. That's the new absolute. This means that criticism is forbidden and must be replaced by unrestrained affirmation and praise or silence. In other words, you can't speak out and say, I don't believe that's right. I believe that's it's wrong. They'll say you're intolerant. So anytime you take a stand, that's not the way tolerance used to be defined. You could disagree, but in a, an agreeable way. But more and more, our society is saying there are no absolutes. There's only one in absolute intolerance. And that means you can't speak out against anything. As a Christian, you have a moral responsibility to tell the truth, to be a watchman on the wall, because if we don't, the blood is on our hands. People might not like to hear that there's a hell, but there is. They might not like to hear that there are things that are still wrong in God's eyes and that has grave consequences. So we have a moral responsibility to God to say what he says. Again, Acts 5.29. Peter and the other apostles replied, we must obey God rather than men. Now he is going to be rescued by God's angels. Isn't that amazing, that story? But I want you to pause, stop, think. Really think. No, I mean, really, really think about what we're going to say here. Here's a text. 
God sent his angel and he shut the mouths of the lions. They have not hurt me. The book of Daniel has some of the most loved stories in the whole of the Bible. We all remember the story of Daniel in the lion's den, a wonderful story of God's deliverance. Each day here on Building in Faith, Pastor Ed will continue teaching through the book of Daniel. You've been listening to Building in Faith, the radio ministry of Dr. Edward Jones of Faith Assembly in Poughkeepsie, New York. Now, we want to encourage you to log on to buildinginfaithradio.com and spend some time getting to know us. There you can find today's message. The only thing you need to remember is today's date. Again, to stay current with what's being broadcasted here on Building in Faith and to access the archive of messages, log on to buildinginfaithradio.com. Or if you'd like, you can always give us a call. Our phone number is 845-462-5955. That's 845-462-5955. Well, that's all the time we have for today. We invite you to join us again for the next edition of Building in Faith. On behalf of Pastor Ed, Faith Assembly, and the entire production team, we want to say thank you for joining us and come back next time for another edition of Building in Faith. Your word restored.